Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Mark Labriola and Benjamin Manley. The Friday Habit is for small business owners, freelancers, and creatives who are ready to take their business to the next level. Join us as we discover how to apply the strategies we learn to grow our businesses, make more money, and live every day like it's Friday. hear a little bit about you know this red wagon this because I, I i think this idea of a lot of creatives especially uh you know they kind of drift throughout life and they they kind of feel that they're not really sure where to go what to do um they're kind of bouncing from job to job or thing to thing and they never really focus and, and move forward on anything because they uh you know they're either afraid or they're unsure or they don't know where to start and so what can you share about that well, first of all, uh, let me let me just try to encourage people that, as you can probably tell already from our short time in this interview, that I I was really just an average person. There was nothing significant about me that if you would have picked me out of a crowd, you wouldn't have said, "Hey, this guy is going to be successful" or anything. So don't don't think that people are predestined for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book is that I think there are a lot of people like me out there that are just average people, but we we don't really know what our potential is because we assume that we're not, don't have the same chance or opportunity as the guy living in the big mansion up on the hill, right? When in fact we do if we if we will follow the right steps. And so the the red wagon really serves as a metaphor and it has several parts to it. And my point is that at different times in our life and for different things, we actually are different parts of that wagon. Many times, uh, especially entrepreneurs, we want to be we want to have the handle because the handle directs where everything is going. We want to be out front, and a lot of times we need to be out front. But there are times, especially if you're new into something or at, at different stages of your business, where somebody else needs to get the handle. And either you need to just get in and take a rest and ride as cargo and maybe learn some things, or maybe you just need to be the pusher. You know what? This person's got the vision for this particular deal. I can help them, but I've just, I'm just going to follow their lead like I did in politics, okay? I followed somebody else's lead. Uh, or when, I, as, when you seek out mentors, okay? When you seek out mentors, which I really encourage then you need to make sure in your conversations with them that they're leading, right? That they're, you're paying attention to them and you're, you're soaking all of that in. And so I, what happens is, especially as entrepreneurs and stuff, sometimes we think once we get a hold of the handle, then we need to have the handle in every situation for everything. And that's where you can make a mistake. Even in a, even in a small organization, talking about Ben, you know, you and he probably have some different skill sets, right? Mm-hmm. Where therefore 
there are some things that obviously Ben needs to have the handle on, and you're just pushing, or maybe you're just riding along, whatever, <laughs> and this, and vice versa, right? And people have to realize that. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges we have in small businesses and startup businesses is that the entrepreneur thinks he or she has to be every single thing to all people. And they may have to be a part of it getting started, but they quickly, if they're going to really be successful, they quickly have to bring other either technology or people or advisors in to help them with that. And they have to take another spot in the wagon. And it's okay to do that. You have to have enough confidence that you don't have to have the handle all the time, but still believe that the wagon's going in the right direction. Hmm. Yeah, and, and for those of you who are listening, the book that we're referencing is Life Lessons from the Little Red Wagon, 15 Ways to Take Charge and Create a Path to Success. So that's... um. Ron's book that that just came out. It's out, right? Yep, it's out. Yep, it's out. It's been doing great. Uh, you know, also people, I do a lot of listening to books, you know, although this one's got a, you know, it's got a cool cover, so that's kind of <laughs> neat. Uh, but I'm the only person that I know of that has Ronald Reagan reading a part of his book. That's pretty cool. So I'll just leave that as a little uh, team. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, but- maybe we need to go... Go in there and listen he to it. He definitely so we, does uh, uh, read a part of my book. And then also, I was very, very proud to have, a lot of your listeners will know John Maxwell, mm-hmm. who is a leadership author and fortunate enough to be a friend of mine. And uh, he wrote my wrote the forward or the introduction to my book. And I've learned a lot from John over the years. He's been one of my mentors, uh, not only him personally, but his books as well. So if people... You know, if people have the opportunity to get his materials, I would really, really encourage that yeah. from a leadership standpoint. So can you elaborate a little bit on this ACT philosophy? I was kind of looking into to some of your stuff, and, and ACT is action, consider, takeaway. How has that played a role in your success? Yeah, well, I, I and I forget, I probably didn't come up with those words. Somebody else probably came up with them uh, over time. But I, I, I've, I've, I've tried to live by that in that, in every situation that comes about, whether it's in raising your children and you're going through a scenario or it's starting your business or your job or even your relationships like we talked about earlier, I think that in order for us to really understand a situation, we have to step back and evaluate it. And, and you'll notice in my act things, I've asked people, really it, the action part is really just kind of okay, let's write down this, where we are on this, or let's write down, you know, times that we maybe uh, took the wrong turn or whatever. And then, because once it's written down, I don't care if it's in your phone or on a piece of paper, whatever you do, but it has to be something that you visually see. We know one of the things that's happened um, to us, Mark, is we don't use all our senses Mm -hmm. anymore, you know? And so... Uh, when we see something with our eyes that processes in our brain, it's different than when we hear it in our ears, right? And so this, this have to see it physically. And then what I want people to do is one of the, the number one things I learned from some of my mentors over time is just to take time to consider it. Take some time. There's a book that John Maxwell wrote called Thinking for a Change. And it's really, it's really not about thinking about changing. It's thinking for a change, you know, because we spend our time doing instead of thinking. And so take some time to consider that. And then what is your, what's the takeaway from that that you can either improve on next time or maybe it's that next uncomfortable step. And so I've tried to look at ACT through all that. Anytime I'm considering something or anytime I've just gone through something, then I want to 
put that down and go through that process for myself. Mm. That's that's really good. You know, I have a hard time setting goals, you know, because I feel like, I, I don't know, I guess there's been a, throughout my, you know, business um, career, you know, owning and starting an agency, a lot of times I would stress out and I would have a goal or whatever and just things weren't clicking, you know, and I'd, I'd be obsessed about it yeah. and, and just be worried about, you know, how things are going to work out. And then things would work out, maybe not the way that I thought, but they would, you know, kind of work that work out. And you know, earlier you mentioned that, you know, you're a man of faith and that that's what gotten you through a lot of, you know, things in your life. How do you, as like, um, cause I, I feel like in the entrepreneur culture, there's just this very like take control and, you know, get the numbers and, um, hustle and grind and crush and, and, you know, wake up at four and take your cold ice bath and, you know, do all these things. <laughs> but yeah. then as a person of faith, there's an element of me just trusting that, that there's a God who cares about me and that he has a plan and that he, he's in control and that he can grow the business or shrink the business based off of, you know, wherever he wants me in life. Well, certainly in the big picture, that's the case and that he is in control and what have you. But he also, there's not a God of sitting on our butts mm-hmm. either, you know, for lack of a better term. And so what I, what I tell people is to try to focus less on goals but focus more on, and you might think there's nuance, but focus more on what is your big picture reason, hmm. all right? I, whatever you want to call that. What's the vision? What's the dream? Whatever you want to call it. But what's the big picture vision? Why are you in business for yourself, right? It's not just to be in business. Like my big picture vision, you probably have already guessed, was I wanted to be financially secure. I wanted not to have financial mediocrity, Um that because I experienced that, and I, that was very, very important for me. So that was always the big thing. Now, over time, as you accomplish that, you 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 reassess and okay, now you know. Like by the time I went into politics, I had accomplished that. So then it was a then I wanted to uh, be an example to the people that I influenced about serving something, you know, serving a community or something bigger than yourself. Um, but. But what I what you'll find is if you focus on the on the reason that you're doing it, I'm talking about the real reason. Why does Mark have a creative agency? What's the real reason he does that? It could be very personal. It could be even broader than that. But then once you have the reason, okay, for it, and you know what it looks like or what you would like for it to look like, then you go about putting together a plan to make that happen. And so once you put together a plan to make that happen, then it's really just about executing on the plan. So you'll never get, you might get tired of chasing goals, but you won't ever get tired of chasing your reason. Right. Right. You just don't do that. Cause that that's down. It's in here with us, Mark. It's not a goal is usually mm-hmm. here, right? It's in your head. You know, but the reason is here. So the reason is what, and maybe you have to have some temporary goals because that's part of the way mm-hmm. to the reason, but it's mainly about the reason, planning to make that reason happen, and then executing mm-hmm. on that. So then, you know, there seems to be so much like economic uncertainty right now. A lot of stuff's going on, um, wars and and pandemics and um, interest rates is all the, <laughs> the talk right now. You know, when you have a plan... What does that look like when you have so much 
uncertainty and, and other things going on. I mean, what is your thoughts or encouragement to, to, you know, pivot or, you know, stay focused? Yeah. Well, well, no question about it. Plans are in sand and reasons are in Mm -hmm. concrete. So, I mean, you have to, you have to do, have to do understand you have to reassess your plan with whatever the current situation is. Now you have to make sure that the current situation is not very temporary where you, you don't want to react too quickly. So you have to evaluate that within your own business or whatever it is that you're doing, right? It's like, it's like you know, when, when, uh, when your wife and I, your wife and, and yourself have, a, a, have an argument and your, your reason, you know, one of your big dreams out here is to make sure y'all stay married, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. forever. You have an argument, you don't automatically think, well, okay, my plan was, you know, we were going to stay together, but now we had an argument, so we're going to get a divorce. You know, you, it's temporary, mm-hmm. right? And so a lot of times... That's the way it is in business. And so what I tell people to just relax, okay, pay attention to what's going on and make minor adjustments if you have to. Don't overcommit during a time where there's uncertainty. That's one of the big things that I want to make sure people understand. But if, you've ha- if you have a strong enough reason and you've got a, a good plan, then I would just continue executing on that plan. In the, in the investment world that I was in, markets, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. And there were many times when I would have some of my partners come to me and say, okay, you know, the market's never, ever going to recover, ever. Okay, it's, this is it. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is the one time in the history of mankind yeah. things don't come back. And, and I would... Not that I wasn't worried about that in the back of my mind, but I would say, you know what? We're going to ride this out. Now, we're not going to do anything stupid. We're not going to go take on Mm -hmm. a bunch of debt right now, which I would totally encourage people not to do right now. Do not take on a bunch of debt right now. But also, don't don't sit back and worry about things that you can't control. Just continue executing on your plan. Because if you have a good idea... A good business, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good business, and it's it, somebody else might end up executing on it because you didn't, but it's going to be a good yeah. business. You know, you mentioned earlier um, about having a mentor. Uh, what, what do you think are like key qualities when you're looking for a mentor? Because I think that's one thing that a lot of um, small business owners are creatives. You know, they're nose to the grindstone. They're working in their business. They're not working on their business, and. Um, they don't have time to to think about these other things that may benefit them yeah. wisely. Oh, and they definitely have to think about them, or otherwise they'll be owned by their job and not own their mm-hmm. job, right? So you you don't want to get to that point. Um, what, what I look for, and this took me time to do this. Okay, this developed over years. Uh, first of all, I look for mentors in different areas. I don't have any one mentor that I look to for mm-hmm. everything. So in my life, I look for people that I might uh, want to talk to about relationships, you know, uh, have people certainly I want to talk to about finances, people I want to talk to if I've got a business, depending on what business idea I'm working on, politics or, you know, public service is one, and then uh, my faith. So I'll look, and what I look for in people like that is all who have skins on the wall in that particular area. That particular year, like I'm not. If I talk, if I want to talk about relationships, I'm sorry, I, I'm just not going to seek someone that has had broken relationships. Yeah, they're on their okay? third divorce. I want someone, <laughs> yeah, I'm just not going to. It's not it means they're bad people. If I if I want to talk about finances, I want to have I want to talk to people that have more on the tree than I do. Okay, 
And that changed, that's changed for me over time. Same way in faith, same way in politics or public service. So I, I look for multiple mentors. A lot of people want to find one mentor and talk to them about everything, and that's, that's mm. not good. Also, this is a note to self. Your wife is not your mentor. Mm. Your spouse is not your mentor. They can be your sounding board, mm-hmm. okay, but they're not your mentor, right? That is for, that's for someone that can be objective with you. Our spouses can't be objective with us. Right. And so we have to look for people outside of that. And I would tell you, Mark, that most entrepreneurs, I get it. They're no to the grindstone. But the mistake I made, and I would help hopefully people I could encourage not to make this mistake, is really, really take some time to do those really important things like sitting down with a mentor, you know, uh, probably once a quarter if you're kind of early in your business. I do it more like once a year or so now. Um, and and also taking time to make sure that you're that you continue to educate yourself. Like personal development is really important, uh, whether that's reading or listening to books or podcasts, whatever. Kind of like what you guys are doing for people. That's so so important because you you know you don't you don't realize. And I I'd had some of this when when we were in when we were in full blow mode in our investment business. I was so focused on that. I just I didn't take time to think about anything else around me, and I feel like as a person, I lost some of myself in that. Right, I wasn't progressing as a person during that time. Mm. Yeah, that that that's really that makes sense. I've never heard that either. Like some, you know, having a mentor in these different areas, you know, like finding people who are experts in these verticals, whether it's relationship you know, your faith, business, whatever that is. That makes so much sense to me. Like, I, I don't know why I never thought about that before. But um, tell us a little bit about your book. I want to hear kind of what got you to thinking about writing a book, like why you wrote it, and then, you know, how you decided what knowledge you wanted to kind of put into that book. Yeah, sure. Well, I think a lot a lot of people, um, as we get in different stages of our life, we look back on it. And, you know, I, I've been blessed beyond you know, anything I would have ever deserved and, and what have you. And, and, uh, I, uh, now all of my kids are adults. So you look at, the, you look through the world with a different prism and I have six grandkids now, you know, so you kind of look at those little guys and gals and think about it. And, and I, I guess what I just thought, and I, I, it doesn't, I don't want it to come across as egotistical because that's not, the, that's not the reason. I thought that when I look back on my life, Again, as we said earlier, there wasn't really anything special about the way I grew up. My mom and dad, you know, were school teachers from rural Louisiana. Uh, we, you know, my brother and my sister and my younger brother, we just kind of were just kids, you know. None of us were star athletes, uh, you know, outside of maybe a small high school, you know. And, uh, so, and none of us had great inventions or anything like that, but yet... Our kids, the kids have been reasonably successful, and I've, I've been uh, very well blessed. And when I look back on it, I thought, you know what? There are a lot of people out there just like me. There's a Ron Simmons that's 20 years old that's trying to figure out what to do, or there's one at 30 years old that's figuring out what to do. And so my goal in this book was to, first of all, teach through stories, 
and and just through the stories of my life, which I think people, there's probably something there that everybody can relate to because if they grew up in a normal situation, then you could, you know, they relate to that. Half the people in America's mm. parents were divorced. So that in itself is something that holds a lot of people back, their parents getting a divorce. And it's, you know, and I, I will grant you that when your parents get a divorce, no matter how old you are, it has an effect on you. It that does not go away, all right? Uh, to this day, I still think it has an effect on our family as of what might of what we all hoped it mm. might would be. And my dad has been married to his second wife for forty years. Yeah. So I mean, it's not, but that's just the way it is. And so the other thing that I wanted to be in this book, and it's really the number one comment I've received back, is transparent. You know, uh, one of the things I talk about, but my last political race that I ran, I lost. All right, and so. Dealing with things that don't turn out exactly how you want them to is also important. And I thought people needed to see that. So we really start the book kind of out talking about loss and disappointment and what that means and how do you deal with that. And especially after, you know, people that have kind of had a pretty good run of success, uh, losing is not something that that goes over right. that well. <laughs> and so, uh, but I what I found out, Mark, is that it didn't. It, I, yes, I was bothered by losing that race, although I had served plenty. Okay, I was actually, as I got away from it and thought about it, I was really more disappointed in how disappointed mm-hmm. I was in losing. I did not. I did not internally. I didn't do anything externally, but I didn't internally handle that as well as I should have, and that was very mm-hmm. disappointing to me. And so I needed to assess. Why was that? What caused me to be so disappointed in something that it was important, but it wasn't mm, eternal? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, and, and so I think people like the transparency because they don't see, you know, you don't see transparency on Instagram. You don't see transparency much in our uh, political leaders or in our uh, media. So I, I think that relates mm. to people. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think there's so many times where you know, we as individuals just hunger for that authenticity and transparency. And because it's, it's, we're not getting that anywhere else, you know? And then when you do get online, it appears that everyone has a perfect life and a great business and, you know, are so successful. And then you feel like something's wrong with you. And so there's, yeah, you're (laughs) the only one that's, uh, and yeah, I hear you. And we, you know, we have we have our struggles in our family today, just like everybody you know does. Whatever they happen to be, or or whatever it is that we're going through, you know, one of the things at the end of the book and our epilogue, uh, you know, our life's moving along and whatever, and all of a sudden, Lisa and I both within a few months got diagnosed with cancer, and just one of those things, right, that just kind of hits you that you don't plan for. I mean, it wasn't something that was a history in our family, so we really didn't think about it that much. Uh, and yeah. we're doing well, uh, but it was just something that well, you got to okay, that's a that's a new one. What does that mean? How are you going to react yeah. to this one, big boy? <laughs> you know, and uh, but it's just it's yeah. just life, right? It's just life. I mean, the the rain falls on the just and yeah. the unjust. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, uh, what would be your advice to somebody? Then, you know, I feel like there's this theme of of uh, you know when you face challenges, how do you respond to those? You know, I'm assuming too in your financial business that it wasn't always rainbows and sunshine. You know, for 30 years of just hockey stick growth. And so, what 
what were the things that that you've learned over the years to help you like overcome challenges or stay positive or keep moving forward? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that I, I I probably wasn't always positive at that particular times, but I think I was always sure of our reason for doing what we were doing, right? Our our kind of big yeah. picture. I was always sure of that. I guess occasionally we would review that to make sure that okay, are we still on the right path here? Is this still is this still what does it look like in the future, right? Now, our business it was pretty easy to know that. It was unique in that we knew that as long as there were commercial airline pilots flying that eventually they mm-hmm. would retire, yeah. okay? Now, at one time, they moved that retirement age from 60 to 65. So there was a five-year period where very few people retired. And we did get some advance notice of that happening. So we had to ask ourselves, and this was this is a good, this, this brings up the good point there, Mark, and that, that was a time where we had to say, okay, we're going to have pretty slow growth, mm-hmm. if any, okay, over the next five years. Do we need to diversify our business some more, or can we stay the course, you know, improve on make be more efficient in what we do and we know it's going to come out the other side right we know it's a timing issue right. it's not a it's not a business issue it's a timing issue and and but it allowed us we did do some things that you know made us more efficient uh we've probably gotten a little you know fat by that time in our in our expenses and things like that but it honed us in and then we came out of it we were even better than we were than we were before but what what I what I found is that if you again will make sure that the reason you're doing is still there, then you can generally get through the tough times. Mm. That's that's encouraging. Well, man, I feel like this this has gone by so quickly. Goes by quick. <laughs> We're just hanging out talking. Um, well, if people wanted to connect with you and find out more about your book and, and sure. whatnot, where oh, where yeah. should they go? Well, they can, they can, first of all, they can get the book anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, obviously Audible for the Ronald Reagan piece. And then they can uh, get me at ronsimmons.com. ronsimmons.com is my website. And you can email me at ron at ronsimmons.com. I love talking to people. I've gotten lots of emails and stuff. You know, people just asking questions and things like that. And uh, love to love to be able to communicate with them and help them in any way that I can. If they've, uh, you know, I do some uh, business consulting. So if they have some interest in talking to me about that, I'm happy to visit with them on that as well. Great. And if you could leave our listeners maybe with one action item, you know, Ben and I usually like to to tell people, you know, hey, starting next week, just focus on this one thing. And what would be that one thing that you would tell somebody to maybe focus on to maybe improve their personal life or their business or or whatever. Well, the one thing that I would tell people to focus on and they should do that, and this is hard to do, okay, it was hard for me, is to take one hour a week and do nothing but think. That means you got to go away. You got to get yourself in a position. You can't have your phone. You can't be in your office. You got to go away and think. I do bring a scratch pad, you know, because things come to your mind if at my age, you might forget them. You probably wouldn't, but I do. And and I just take an hour. And if you can't do an hour, do thirty minutes, okay? And maybe it'd be an hour the next next week. But but just go away and think. That was the number one advice that John Maxwell gave me as I was 
building my business and then also deciding about career deals is just going away and in the quiet of the evening or morning or middle of whenever it is, I don't care when it is, just get yourself in a place where you can just think. And that is that your, your, your mind will be so clear and so ability to do things that you would never believe. Man, it's so funny because as easy as that sounds, I know how hard it is to it is. sit it's for an for hour and just think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's rejuvenating to you as well. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, thanks so much for being on the show. And thank you for listening to The Friday Habit. Um, if you go to thefridayhabit.com, you can find show notes for this episode. There you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated working on your business instead of in your business. So until next time, remember, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs>